Today's episode of the Fantasy Football Podcast is brought to you by State Farm. When you need a game plan for protection, State Farm agents are here to help. With personalized service, agents are available to talk in person, over text, or through the State Farm app. So go with the one with coverage and agents you can count on. Find an agent in your neighborhood today. State Farm. Talk to an agent today. The Fantasy Football Podcast is also brought to you by Drinkworks Home Bar by Keurig. Much like a premium espresso machine, but it makes cocktails instead. Drinkworks pods are made with premium spirits, real ingredients, and natural flavors. There is no better spirit than my spirits after Eli Manning got back to career 500 this week. Celebrated with a cocktail, 117 and 117. He is neither a winner nor a loser. He just is. He's just, it's great. There are over two dozen different drinks to choose from, so there is literally something for everyone. It's nice to try something new, except quarterbacks. It's it's tough to try something new there, but sometimes you got to go outside your comfort zone and you'll never know what you'll find. The drink maker creates bar quality cocktails freshly made at the push of a button. The only way to get this amazing drink maker at a discount plus free shipping, you go to drinkworks.com, use our promo code RINGERNFL, that is R-I-N-G-E-R-N-F-L, at checkout to save $100 off the standard website price and you get free shipping. Don't wait, this amazing offer won't last and it's only for our listeners. That is drinkworks.com, use our promo code RINGERNFL, R-I-N-G-E-R-N-F-L at checkout. Greg, what's your drink of choice? Gin and tonic. Gin and tonic? Mm-hmm. You're a mover and a shaker. More like gin and tectonic. There you go. What's your favorite? I'm actually at a crisis in my life. I feel like <laughs> wow. martinis are so far in the distance. They're like equally how far away college was in my past. I'm not even close to ready for martinis. And I don't even know. I don't even know. That's why I need all the varieties because I changed my mind. That's why I need the two dozen choices. What's your favorite you've had so far? I'm in an old fashioned mood right now. That's nice. kind of where I'm at in life. That for sure. Yep. DK, you're a Cosmo guy? <laughs> Give me Manhattan. That's Manhattan. What I, yeah, that's what I'm right. rolling with. All right. Whatever you're drinking, remember, please enjoy responsibly. Drinkworks Home Bar is currently available in California, New York, Florida, Missouri, Pennsylvania, and Illinois, with more states available for pre-sale today at drinkworks.com. NFL show on the Ringer Podcast Network. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I'm joined as always by my co-host and my co-Danny, the hero we need and the analyst we deserve, the Dark Knight himself, Danny Kelly. <laughs> How are you doing, DK? Oh, that intro just gets better every time. I'm doing really, really well, uh, riding the high from a couple of victories and a couple losses this week also to uh balance it all out but i'm doing well how are you doing i'm fantastic we don't have many more of these left man i know it's kind of crazy this, this is nuts this season has flown by no it's not flown by it's exactly where it needs to be <laughs> it's not one week too soon and not one week too late it's exactly week 16 in my mind <laughs> fair enough fair enough Craig, how are you doing, Craig? We had a big win. Ringer Fantasy League. It's championship week. Danny Heifetz and I are in the championship against Sean Yu. Big Big week. Big week. A lot of prep going on here at the Ringer. A lot of trash talk. (laughs) A lot of Venmo money going back and forth. Who's going to win? Who knows? 
it's nice when you Venmo Sean and then you get to just re get the <laughs> Venmo like two weeks it right later. It's, yeah. No. I'm, yeah. By the way, we need to get him to do the do the collections at the very beginning of the season for once. True. That's that just, is commissioner. Or you just wait till the end, and I kind of wish everyone could just Venmo us personally. I would actually enjoy <laughs> that more. I would like to get like nine or eleven separate Venmos. That would be better. Commissioner 101 is you don't draft unless you have all the money. Commissioner 101 <laughs> is you don't make it 0.75 PPR when half vote for half and half vote for one point. This and is then a whole you split the baby pod. like it's King Solomon. It's a fucking anarchy. <laughs> like, what is this? Did you even hear the story? That was a couple years ago. It, years ago. Uh, he's He got Chick-fil-A last time, so it's fine. <laughs> anyway, we're going to do a special championship round episode for everyone. We're going to run through who we like more or less than some people kind of sit start on the fence and we can't tell you all of our sit start opinions because we don't know exactly who your alternatives are, your scoring, but we do know that there are certain people you might be on the fence about that we're either going to be high or low on for this week. So we're going to talk about those people. We're also going to look at, I mean, some key injuries, tough Chris Godwin, Dalvin yes. cook. That's like, yeah. hamstrings in Tampa Bay. That's frustrating. Also, Bruce yeah, Arians' is candidness here? about them because every time someone gets hurt, 31 coaches are like, yeah, you know, we'll we'll see the x-ray. And Bruce Arians is like, nah. doesn't look good. <laughs> it's unbelievable. He's the only person who just says what's on his mind. I respect that. It's great. It's a, so refreshing. He's like, oh, that, look, that didn't look good at all. Um, but first, before all of that, a public service announcement. If you take one thing from this podcast, it is not our advice. It is literally this. There are three games on Saturday. I repeat. Set there your are th- lineups. There are three <laughs> games on Saturday. It is anarchy. The NFL is trying to dominate like Saturday like never before because they want to take over your life. There's no Thursday in football. The Houston Texans are at Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 1 p.m. on Saturday, Eastern the Bills play the Patriots at 4.30 p.m. Eastern on Saturday, and the Rams play the 49ers at 8.15 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. I don't know what the hell you people do on the weekends, but make sure you set your lineups because that would be like the most annoying possible way to lose is that someone <laughs> is benched and you did not realize that there was a 1 p.m. Saturday lineup decision you had to make. And obviously waivers or whatever is influenced by that too. So just make sure your lineups are set. And there's no Thursday game this week. And there's no Thursday game this week. You're traveling. It's the holidays. Set your lineup at work on like Thursday night. There you go. Set and forget it. And if we do nothing else the rest of this podcast, but you didn't know that, then I feel like we did our jobs. (laughs) Yes. And the rest is just gravy. So fantastic. Every season I forget that there are Saturday games at the end of the season. I think it's stupid. Yeah. Well, I think Keep it's just, it on Sunday. Well, it's just college football ends and the NFL just kind of like expands. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like a chia pet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Let's get into, uh, I very briefly just did want to mention the insanity that could have dictated some semifinals of Kenyon Drake's. How many touchdowns do you have? 11? Four. Four. Four, to four. <laughs> 14. Um, the Eagles defense going from like, depending on your scoring setting, zero points. And then Dwayne Haskins like rolls the ball backward and then they pick it up get the sack, fumble, and touchdown on with no time on the clock. And then the Falcons score a touchdown to Austin Hooper that basically gets overturned on replay. And then the touchdown goes to Julio Jones. Did you guys think he caught that? Yeah. Since it, we're the foremost Hooper experts in the world. I, I hate, think, right? as much as it pains me to say this, I think he caught it. I think I thought he caught it. If Craig thinks he caught it, then he caught it. And <laughs> everybody, everybody on the TV and the uh, official guy that was doing like the official review or whatever for the, for the station 
was saying it hit the ground. To me, it looked like he landed on his foot. Well, either way, the ball can hit the ground if you have possession yeah, of the ball. He cl- yeah, he clearly had possession of it, it and dragged. then came up, and then he lost possession of it again in the air, and, and then got it. it in the air. The ground never jostled the ball loose in any way. Here's the point. If you won or lost your matchup because of Hooper <laughs> or Julio Jones, or especially if both were involved, I think we would love to hear from you, whether it is Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Snapchat. Um, DMs? Sure, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Bumble, yeah, Twitter, whatever. DM. It doesn't yeah. matter. Just like, yeah. <laughs> just whatever it is, I would like to hear if you, especially if Austin, Hooper, and Julio were involved. But everything wasn't so fun on Sunday. Next man up. Um, unbelievable. One week after Mike Evans is like out for the season. Chris Godwin for the Buccaneers goes down. Hamstring injury in the second half against the Lions. Um, James Winston had like 300 or so yards, but it was kind of a downer. And the second half... Asked about the severity of the injury, Bruce Arians said, quote, doesn't look good. So, DK, what do you make of this Godwin situation? I mean... Uh, yeah, based on the fact that that's what Arians said about Evans, and then Evans was p- pretty quickly ruled out for the rest of the season, I would assume the same for Godwin. I mean, he was limping pretty heavily, and the hamstring, hamstring injuries are just always tough for receivers and guys who have like have to use explosive movements. Well, that's basically everyone on the football field, but... Yeah, it's just not looking good. I would assume that he's going to be out in week 16 at least, and that's really all that matters for the fantasy you know, playoffs. So um, going forward, and this is a guy that we've talked about a couple of times on this podcast, Rashad Perriman becomes definitely startable in my mind as a flex option going forward. Um, Jameis Winston obviously proved that his hand was not an issue in this game. I mean, he threw for 400-plus yards. He, he t- threw a ton of touchdowns. Perryman was on the receiving end of three of them. Five catches, 113 yards, three touchdowns, 34 PPR points. And that was with Godwin in the lineup and with Scotty Miller in the lineup for a while in that game. And both of those guys are now out with hamstring injuries. So he is the de facto number one. I think they're going to feed him. And I think that there's enough volume in this passing game to be pretty confident starting Perryman, even though it... On paper, that it is like a risky start in the playoffs because it's Perryman, and you know the, he carries that sort of stigma of a former first-round bust. But he's the number one guy in this offense now. I think it also bumps OJ Howard up a bit too. And if you're really desperate, Justin Watson's another option. I mean, I've only said nice things about Prashad Perriman. That's you know everyone knows my Craig, record on this. So Craig was touting him a couple of weeks ago as like he he was trending in the right direction. That was with Evans and Godwin in the lineup, and now both of those guys are gone. So yeah, I, I got to stop talking yeah. about potential injuries. I hurt Chris Godwin and Mike Evans as soon as I said it. Yeah, you're <laughs> back you're to back blo- weeks. You're like the I yeah, know. you're blowing it. You're bad. Like the Grim Reaper. Fan. You call football. him the cooler for That's a reason. Bad juju. Even, you even did it to Juju Smith-Schuster, actually. Did Speaking say, of Juju. Did I say he might get hurt? Yeah, you said you were going to replace him for Steelers tryouts. We lied when you went on vacation and <laughs> oh, said you were yeah. doing Steelers tryouts, and then Juju got hurt. Wow. Sorry, Juju. So I always just let people behind the curtain, too. Yeah, Craig did go. not actually audition for the Steelers. No, I was that on was vacation. A, I went to Canada. Yeah. It's great. Real imaginative. Um, all right, running back Dalvin Cook. Left the Vikings game, 39-10 win over the Chargers. It was dominant, but Cook left with a shoulder injury. was quickly ruled out of the game. Still not a ton of details about how serious this is, but Mike Zimmer said in his press conference on Monday that the shoulder injury is something Dalvin Cook can play through and, quote, it feels good today. Hmm. This just muddles it more because either he could play and, you know, Alex Madison, who's his primary backup, is also banged up but could also maybe return. And then Mike Boone, your boy, DK. (laughs) Yes. 
I was so excited to see Mike Boone finally get to show what he can do. Yeah, Mike Boone had two touchdowns. So now this is completely muddled because Madison was the backup. Madison's hurt. Dalvin Cook's hurt, but he could play. Mike Boone looked incredible in everything DK promised. So DK, what the hell do people do with the Vikings? <laughs> We're recording this Monday afternoon. So news can break yeah. here. But as of Monday afternoon, what do you make of this situation? Let's say Dalvin Cook playing and Dalvin Cook not playing. Okay, so if Cook is out, then it gets very, very interesting. And I think in, in an ideal scenario claim both Madison and Boone to see how it goes. Um, if you can't do that, I would probably lean Boone just because Madison was a did not participate. That was DNP all last week was ruled out on Friday. So there was like no chance he was going to play. So it kind of implies that his ankle injury is serious enough to keep him out this week as well, which means Boone is the next man up. Um, that's again, that's a bit of an assumption because it's early in the week. We don't really know, but you have to make these decisions for your waivers early on in the week. Um, they also play Monday night. Yeah. The other thing that's like a major (laughs) bummer about this whole scenario is it's a Monday night game, which means you have to set your, like, if you're going to go with these guys, it's a big gamble because I think you said everyone, one of your other options might play on Saturday. You got to sit every, (laughs) if you have any Viking, I think you have to just sit them. It's that sucks. Makes it very tough. It's kind of one of those like swing for the fences things. Like if you, you know, it, it go with your gut on this one. I think Mike Boone, if he does play, if he is the starter, is, has a chance to really go off. But at the same time, it could just be Cook. And so we don't really know. Um, I would definitely claim either Madison or Boone. And if you can, both. I would lean Boone, but if you can, get both of those guys. Definitely try to grab both if you can. Um, ne- last one, Kyle Allen. Benched for Will Greer, the West Virginia third rounder for the Carolina Panthers. Greer, I mean, he's not the most famous person in his family. All his siblings are like Instagram stars. So, Craig, Instagram correspondent, do you have any thoughts on Will Greer? I actually am familiar with his siblings. Um, They all make terrible, (laughs) terrible content. Terrible content? Awful content. Maybe you're just not the target demographic. There's a difference. I think I'm like five years too old now. Yeah, that's I don't even have TikTok. (laughs) Who are you? Anyway, Will Greer is playing for the Panthers. If you were relying on Kyle Allen or Will Greer at this point in the season, then I guess you are the owner of the Carolina Panthers. But for everyone else who has fantasy, whether it's DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, to an extent, to an extent Christian McCaffrey, DK, does this change anything for you for the other guys? It makes me a hell of a lot less confident in DJ Moore. I'll put it that way. I think Moore has already proven that he's pretty quarterback, like proof or whatever, just based on the fact that he's had such a good season. Um, with Kyle Allen at quarterback. But it, it's just another layer of uncertainty. Moore hasn't exactly been scoring touchdowns in bunches, so it, it kind of lowers his overall ceiling again. Um, I, you know, if you have other options, go for it. I still like, you know, if you're leaning on Moore all season, you probably don't have major other options. They probably stick with him, but um, I think it makes Curtis Samuel the same difference. I, I'm just less confident in Curtis Samuel this week. Greer was actually pretty terrible in the preseason that doesn't necessarily mean anything you know he's had a whole season to kind of learn the offense and and get some reps and things like that but he was only 34 of of 61 in the preseason 55 percent, 385 yards average 6.3 yards per attempt not great two touchdowns three picks 65 passer rating so he was bad in the preseason there's a reason he wasn't playing in front of Kyle Allen all season and so this overall just like lowers the potential ceiling, I think, of this offense overall. And, um, you know, the floor almost falls out potentially too. So makes me a lot more worried about DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. I'm still starting more if I have him. Samuel, I'm probably looking for someone else at this point. And 
Important number, important update. Hayes Greer is Will's younger brother. He's 19 years old. Born June of 2000. (laughs) Wow. Five and a half million followers on Instagram. That's so many more than I have. That's, it's it's like five and a half million more than you have. Yeah. Yeah, just about. 5.499 5.499 million more than I have. Born June 2000. Um, that's somehow way more interesting to me than Will Greer himself. Uh, all right, let's get into the Danacy Confidence Index. Again, this is not straight up sit-start advice. This is more we are identifying people who maybe, you know, fit. you might be 50-50 on. Sit-start is always contextual based on your lineup, your alternatives, number one, and your scoring. We can't tell you exactly what to do if we don't know your lineup, but... Here's some guys that we are, I mean, ourselves, like, going one way or the other, and what we think of them relative to, you know, maybe some expectations. So, DK, who's someone that people might be on the fence on this week that you're either high or low on? So, I'm just going to start out with Christian Kirk of the Cardinals. He's been, to me, a tough sit-start decision for most of the season, just based on he's always gotten a lot of volume, and you want to chase volume, and then... You know, he had that huge game, three touchdowns, and it was like, all right, he finally arrived, and then it kind of went back to, like, you know, the roller coaster ride. With him, um, I think I'm starting Kirk. To me, you know, on my team, I just like this matchup going up against the Seahawks. Um, The Seahawks are really banged up right now, and that's kind of the biggest factor to me. Number one, he gets a lot of volume, so I like that. Number two, the Seahawks defense is suffering from a lot of injuries. Shaq Griffin, their good starting corner, has a hamstring injury. He missed this past week. It doesn't sound super promising that he'll play next week. So his status is up in the air for next week. So they could be out their number one corner. Quandre Diggs, their safety who's helped turn around their defense since they traded for him, is also out with a multiple-week injury. That opens up things in the middle of the field. Um, And prior to getting Diggs in their lineup, the Seahawks' pass defense was pretty bad. And so... There's a good chance to see how the Seattle's uh, pass defense kind of regresses going forward until they get their guys back. And so I think on paper, this is a good matchup. The other thing, a couple other factors I like for this game. Um, Seahawks are probably, based on what we saw last week or on Sunday, Seahawks are probably going to sell out, try and stop the Cardinals' run game, which has been really, really good this season. Um, and that could make them vulnerable on the back end. I think that Pete Carroll seems always trying to like, make teams one-dimensional. And I guarantee you he's not going to want to get beat by having Kenyon Drake rush for four touchdowns. So I think that's going to be a big focus for them. That could open things up for Kirk. Um, and the other thing is the CX passing game finally kind of get back, got back going last week and, and hitting some downfield shots. Tyler Lockett kind of finally looked like himself for the first time in about a month. And so with the Seahawks passing game kind of getting going, there's some sneaky shootout potential with this with this game with Cardinals and Seahawks. So um Overall, those are the factors that make me lean start with Christian Kirk. I'm going to start with him on one of my leagues, and um, it's not an easy decision, but I'm, I'm just feeling like that matchup is good for him. All right, let's say everything you just said is right. The Pete Carroll wants to stop Kenyon Drake. The Seahawks' pass defense is awful, but Kirk isn't the guy who gets the ball. Who do you think is the Cardinals person who would benefit from that? Is it Larry Fitz? Is it someone else? Andy Isabella, for God's sake, who's who's next up? I mean, it probably it would uh, next guy on the on the rung would be Fitz, and then there's like three or four other guys, whether it's Demir Bird or or whoever in that offense. There's a, there's like five guys that kind of like rotate in and out. Um, I would not lean on Isabella. I think I think Fitz is a fine choice, but Kirk to me is their clear kind of top choice in in terms of the volume that he's going to get. Alrighty, Craig, who's someone you're on the fence on, and you up or down on him, or I guess 
side to side because it's a fence. It's not I'm down on John Brown. I think I'm going to sit him. Uh, he's playing the Patriots this week. Most likely will be shadowed by Defensive Player of the Year candidate who I've just talked about on the recent Ringer NFL show. Stephon Gilmore. Um, the Pats have given up the fewest fantasy points to wide receivers this season. It's not even close. They're giving up 2.8 half PPR points less than any other team to wide receivers. 19 a game. They're giving up 19 fantasy points a game to an entire wide receiver's core. So if you're expecting wow, John insane. Brown to give you 19 points, know that the Bills might not get 19 points. <laughs> <laughs> Gilmore is so That's good. wild. Yeah, the, the Bills wide receiver scored 24 points against the Steelers. And John Brown had a great game. He had 99 yards. He went over 1,000 on the season. But he had nine points against the Pats in week four. There's a bit more stakes with this game. This is a big game for Josh Allen. I kind of can see this being like a, a collapse for the Bills passing game. And uh, I don't think I'm starting John Brown. John Brown's been so good, but there's so few people behind him that are reliable in that. I mean, Dawson Knox is, can get open, but like he's just dropsies McGee I think he is among the leaders and drops among tight ends at the opposition <laughs> dropsies McGee well I mean I stole that from Cam Jordan who two years ago in the playoffs called Matt Khalil who was the left tackle for the Panthers at the time he got like four sacks on him and they called Matt Khalil speed bump McGee <laughs> so I just love McGee it's just a great oh, wow. nickname so yeah. anyway yeah tough tough for dropsy McGee and John Brown to make a dent in this one I like Dawson Knox though I don't want that to be the takeaway from this but I guess it will be <laughs> <laughs> DK, who's another person you're like on the fence on that? Uh... So I'm sitting David Montgomery of the Bears going up against the Chiefs. Typically, I would like this because the Chiefs have a very soft run defense. I think they came into the last week fifth worst against opposing running backs in fantasy points. And I generally like David Montgomery as a runner. I liked him before the draft. I think he's, you know, he's a good dynasty hold type guy. But just in this offense, in this specific offense, the Bears, the way that they've been playing, um, I just don't think he has a very high ceiling this week. In fact, he has a really floor, low floor, too. He had 39 yards on 14 carries on Sunday, just 5.9 PPR points. And that was his fifth single-digit finish in his last six games. You know, you keep going back to, he had a couple, like, 20-plus point games earlier in the season. You keep coming back to that, like, oh, man, this is finally, you know, like, this is finally his opportunity to kind of get back there. I thought that might be the case. Last week did not happen. I don't know if it's going to happen against KC either because I could see the the Bears getting down early um, against a, a you know a good KC offense and then having to just go to their passing game and so just wouldn't surprise me if Tariq Cohen is kind of the featured back in this game this upcoming game and I'm just staying away from David Montgomery. I'm sitting him this week. Yeah, the Chiefs' run defense was really exploitable in the middle of the season when they had a lot of injuries in the middle of their defensive line. Um, you know, there was a point where they were like, it was a full go, whoever the running backs were, you could play on maybe two running backs against the Chiefs. But Chris Jones is back in the lineup. I think, uh, you know, they had third string defensive ends on both sides of the line at one point. Like, and now that's not the case anymore. Like, they're still banged up, but they have a lot more players in. And Spagnolo's been blitzing a lot more, the defensive coordinator. So they're not nearly as not, I mean, it's almost flipped. They're actually gone from a really green light matchup with running backs to a pretty not great one. Right. So. I I agree with you on that, and I have. He's um, just he he's t- he's touchdown or bust in my mind, and and I don't want to really rely on that in the playoffs. Well, also, it's just let's just there's a certain practical matter that at the end of the day we are predicting the future, and that that is a fool's errand, and you can only really choose <laughs> not. You you can just choose. Do you want to die with dignity? Do you want to go down with the ship, or do you want to be like you know trying to rip life jackets off people and children? <laughs> I don't. You know how I don't want to spend my championship wow. Sunday 
begging Mitchell Trubisky to like convert a third and eight so that the drive can continue so they don't have their fourth three and out in a row. Not how I want to spend my Sunday personally. And you have David <laughs> Montgomery and like Mitchell Trubisky can't do anything. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Sometimes like when it's really 50-50 in your heart of hearts and you really don't know what to do, go with the one that won't make you feel stupid. That's always great advice. <laughs> when and will like, you feel less dumb about the next morning? Yeah, exactly. Like you're waking up like, I thought Mitchell Trubisky's offense could move the ball. Don't do that. That's my two cents. Process. Yeah. Process. <laughs> that's, that's what process looks like to me. Don't wake <laughs> up and feel stupid. Craig, speaking of which, who is someone that you will wake up and, well, not feel stupid, but even if you lose, you'll feel, you know what? That's okay. If I'm in a bind, if I'm in a fantasy championship bind, maybe I had Chris Godwin. I think I'm leaning start on Randall Cobb. They're playing the Eagles. The Eagles give up the second most the points. The Cowboys are playing the Eagles. Yes. Sorry for people who don't know that. Randall Cobb's in the Cowboys. I used a Packer for like 10 years. You're right, you're right, you're right. Okay. <laughs> we so, still think Evan Silva works at Roto World. <laughs> that's true. He does not establish the run. Great website. Um, so the Cowboys are playing the Eagles. The Eagles give up the second most points to wide receivers. The Bucks give up the most points to wide receivers as well as the most targets to wide receivers, meaning that teams have thrown the most against the Bucks to their receivers and have then in turn given up the most points. The Eagles are interesting though. Because while the Bucs are kind of like a quantity over quality shitty pass defense, the Eagles are like a quality over quantity shitty pass defense. Because the Eagles give up the second most points to wide receivers, but only the 14th most targets. Which is interesting, which just tells you that whenever people throw at the Eagles, they're so fucking bad that they still manage to be the second most, even though they get the 14th most passes. Dude, no stat I've ever heard us talk about this podcast matches the eye test more than what you just said, like a shitty quality over quantity. Like, it's so true. Like, it's unbelievable. All right, so the last two weeks, the Darius Slayton goes 154 yards and two touchdowns in the first half. And then Terry McLaurin has 130 yards at a touchdown last week. And it's like each one, it's, they're so, if you watch the Slayton touchdown and the McLaurin one, they're so similar in that the Eagles are so slow in their, like, their secondary. <laughs> yeah, Ronald Darby yeah. is like the fastest guy, but he's, I don't think he's 100% healthy right now. I mean, none of them have really been healthy. So they're not a particularly fast group. All of them are hurt, mostly with lower body injuries. So like, I'm not saying they're slow people. It's just, they're not healthy, but it's like, the amount of times you've seen a play against the Eagles defense and someone just accelerates and just is gone. Like everybody looks as fast as Tyree Kill against the Eagles secondary right yes. now. It's unbelievable. And like McLaurin did his five catches for 130 on five targets. Darius Slayton did his five <laughs> yeah, catches for 150 on eight targets. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's just truly gone, quality shit that the Eagles are producing for receivers. So this game's going to decide the division probably. Amari Cooper's got a, a, a bad ankle. Cobb is produced... At the highest level in playoff games, got 11 playoff games under his belt. I think I would start Randall Cobb over John Brown this week. Ooh, that's a good one. So here's here's like my like my that. my two cents on this is I think I would go Michael Gallup over Cobb. As would I. Because, okay, oh, well, there we go. Well, I, yeah. I, I, well, I feel strongly about Michael Gallup this week. I feel week like because, Gallup was a, was a gimme. He's obvious. Okay. Obvious oh, wow. Start. So I'm just, all right. Well, I'm I'm, just, I'm digging just, deeper into the quality of the shit. I'm panning for gold in the shit, and this is Randall Cobb has emerged. You're sticking your neck out. There yeah. you go. Well, <laughs> you might get chopped off, and I'll be looking at him like, huh. And you're like, cool, I'm the guy who said Michael Gallup, but everyone's like, oh, you host a fantasy podcast? You know, like, after cool. your head gets chopped off, you're actually still, like, awake for, like, five seconds, so we can make eye contact and, oh. like, one last thing, <laughs> and I'll be like, I told you about Randall Cobb. Anyway, I like Gallup this week if you're on the fence about him, which I know people are because it's, like, 40%. I think people benched him at least on Yahoo this week. This just, this, this, by the way, this got really macabre over the last Yeah, like, I would like debate it if I should say <laughs> that, but yeah, maybe let's we'll keep it. Let's roll with it. 
Yeah, I yeah. don't know. That's it, it, that did. Um, also, I've never said that word out loud. Macabre. Isn't there an R in that? Yes, but it's macabre. French. That's what, oh, okay. Yeah. And yeah. like the way we Learn pronounce something. it is not the way you should pronounce it. But yeah, yeah. would would you say macabre? I don't know. I macabre. just don't say it because I don't know how to pronounce it. I think, I think it's just um, macabre. Anyway, yeah. Michael Gallup. I can't speak with a French accent. Give me. A I think Michael Gallup will do good at football this weekend against the <laughs> Eagles because Randall Cobb is like their slot guy. They take deep shots to him, but he's mostly over the middle. And when he breaks a big pass, it's because someone messed up a tackle and he takes like a crossing route up the sideline. Gallup is their deep threat. He's not as as fast as Darius Slayton or Terry McLaurin, who burned the Eagles last two weeks. Slayton ran like a 4-3-9. It's really a 4-4. It's like the 5-11 and a half. It's like the six feet where it's like, it's a lie, but reverse. Like 4-3-9 is a 4-4, just like six feet's really 5-11. Terry McLaurin's a 4-3-5. That's a legit 4-3-5. Gallup's not that fast. He's like 4-5-2 or something, 40-yard dash, which is the difference between like 98th percentile and like 75th. But he's still their deep threat, and the Eagles can't handle deep threats. So I really like Michael Gallup to get a big pass this week. Like, I really, really like his odds. Yeah, he's a big play machine. Yeah. So I, I, and he's also not, like, last week we plugged Chris Conley, which worked out good for us. But Chris Conley's someone real boomer bust. I like Michael Gallup because a lot of that upside, but not nearly the floor where it's like if Michael Gallup doesn't get a 60 yard touchdown, that he's useless. So I like Gallup a lot as well. So there you go, Craig. Yeah. Speaking of boom bust. Yes. I'm going to go with Kenny Galladay next. And he's playing the Broncos this week. Um, obviously, the 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 Lions have quarterback issues. David Blau? Is it Blau or Blow? I don't even know. Blau. We only need to know for a week or two, and then it won't be relevant anymore. <laughs> Anyways, he shat the bed last week against what should have been a very good matchup for him against the Buccaneers defense that had given up you know hemorrhaged yards to re- opposing receivers this year. He ended up giving Danny Amendola 30% target share in this game. I think he had 13 targets in the game and only connected with Galladay four, or no, three times. He had three catches for 44 yards and seven PPR points. So I think, Ga- I think Galladay is massively boom-bust. And I'm tentatively sitting him this week. Now, I know he's gotten me here, and, and he's been awesome. He's been outstanding. He's, like, on his, on his way to being one of the best receivers in the NFL. Um, but he's so tied to the performance of David Blau that it just makes me really, really worried. The other thing is there's probably a good chance he'll get matched up with Chris Harris in shadow coverage. Harris has shadowed um, a good chunk of the Broncos opposing receivers this year, according to PFF. Um, if you look down the line, like he shadowed Allen Robinson week two, Devontae Adams week three, T.Y. Hilton week eight, Odell Beckham in week nine, Stefan Diggs in week 11, John Brown week 12, Keenan Allen week 13, and DeAndre Hopkins in week 40. Now, he's done pretty well against like the bigger, slower guys. He got toasted by Tyreek Hill yesterday. Um, and he didn't do great against like T.Y. Hilton, two catches for 54 yards. Um, but he's done really well against, like I said, the bigger kind of like possession. I don't want to call them possession receivers because they're big play receivers, but the guys without like elite speed. Um, Hopkins, he held to four catches for 52 yards. Keenan Allen, two catches for 16 yards. And this is on, he's not covering them 100% of the time, but this is what he was doing in coverage. Uh, Devontae Adams, he held to two catches for 36 yards. So, I think it looks like a tough matchup. He's going to get shadowed by a good corner in Chris Harris. Harris is maybe not as elite as he used to be, but he's still a good player. And you're going to have to trust David Blau to like feed him the ball. So if you have another good option, um, I think it's you can feel fine with sitting Galladay down this week. You know, if you don't have any better options, then don't do it because he's been, like I said, he's been a big play waiting to happen. But 
He's definitely got a huge boomer bust potential this week. This is ballsy. I like it. This is what fantasy analysts do. No one would expect this. I love it. I, <laughs> I just want to point out that I said on the Galaxy Brain segment on Friday for <laughs> Daily Fantasy that David Blatt would not be the, he would be the best six foot tall Purdue quarterback this weekend. And I want to point out that we are playing on Monday afternoon. This is Monday afternoon we're recording before the Saints game. So I'm not wrong about that. No. Obviously, he Yet. was awful and he had like five yards. You in also the first said half. to sit Tyreek Hill and Mahomes. Well, but that depends on who else. I said for Kenyon Drake, yeah, obviously. Okay. That yeah, was yeah. what I meant. All right. So who's up? Hi, Vince. <laughs> you have um, a running back. So with that excellent runway, <laughs> uh, I think someone who could have a big week, Joe Mixon on the Cincinnati Bengals. They're playing the Dolphins this week. Mixon has only started about 60%-ish of Yahoo Leagues last week. So, obviously, it was against the Patriots, but I think that makes him a pretty good fence sitter for a lot of people, especially if you've made a year championship with Joe Mixon. It's probably definitely not because of Joe Mixon. He's been really bad. I think he didn't have a touchdown the first nine weeks of the year, or at least not a rushing touchdown. But they have really recommitted to running the ball, especially giving Joe Mixon the ball after their bye week. It's one of those situations where, like, we're going to run more, and then they just started running more. He's really been getting a lot of carries. He had 25 last week against New England. I think he had like 60-plus in the first quarter rushing yards. Uh, He had 23 carries the week before that in Cleveland, 19 at the Jets. And, like, it's actually translating to yardage for touchdowns now, whereas it was not necessarily in the first half of the season. Um, He really is just hitting 17, 18 carries every week. And I think the Dolphins are one of the worst rushing defenses in the whole league. There's a reason Saquon just had his first 30-point Day last week, um, Saquon had his best game of the season. It was like rejuvenated. And just the last four weeks, again, so the Dolphins have had so many injuries. The Dolphins really shut their players down. Like, that's the key thing to understand and always a huge thing for these last weeks of fantasies. There are some teams that are just very quietly close up shop. Like, you know, it's not listed on the hours, but like this place closes at three on Fridays, not five. That's the Dolphins. Like, Zavian Howard's been on IR for like eight weeks. Like, they put Rashad Jones on IR, Bobby Doug, like Bobby McCain. All these guys, like they have played 80 players this season. That is an NFL record. They've that's played, a really interesting stat. Yeah, it's like the I like ch- that. The churn, and that's according to it's just a bunch of randos on the field at any given time. Yeah, that's time. ESPN's Cameron Wolf pointed that out. And thank you to Cameron because it's a great freaking point. It's like and the he, 2019 Warriors. There's just a nobody yes. on the court that you've heard of. <laughs> that is exactly the comp. That is exactly it. If you scroll through the Dolphins box score and like just look at the starters, like who are these people other than Devontae Parker and Ryan Fitzpatrick? <laughs> they're going to replace all five offensive linemen. And then their secondary is the similar thing where they're just throwing stuff against the wall and like, oh, maybe we'll sign him. All these guys are on one-year deals. Oh, maybe we won't cut him for next year. That's all they're doing. And newsflash, playing secondary is not really about individual performance. It's about how you guys work together. Again, NFL yeah. record 80 players. These guys don't work together. It's really easy to exploit them in the secondary and in the run game. It's a disaster of a defense. And I think Joe Mixon has a huge game. And just to punctuate that, the last four weeks, which is when this really started to happen, um, this week, Saquon Barkley had 30 points. The week before that, Le'Veon Bell was out, so the Jets kind of sucked. And then before that, Miles Sanders had 21 and a half points. And the week before that, Nick Chubb had 25 points and Kareem Hunt had 13. So it's really been a thing for the last month or so. So I think Mixon could is well worth starting for you, even if he's been terrible the first everything till now. To keep that ball rolling, another guy who I think is worth consideration, who I'd lean to starting, if you're really in desperation mode in your championship or playing for third. Some people do money back for the guy who gets third. I'm going with John Ross. They're playing the Dolphins, just as Joe Mixon is. Um, 
So he's been back for two games now from IR, and he played 40% of the Bengals' pass snaps uh, the first game back, and yesterday he played, or two days ago, he played 56%. So he's increasing. If this playing time continues to trend in the right direction, I think this could be a game where we see kind of early season John Ross, where he posted 158 yards and two touchdowns and 112 in a touchdown against Seattle and the Niners to start the season. Um, This is just a classic... Fitz Dalton, old school shootout, red <laughs> rifle, Fitz Magic, John Ross, gonna win your championship. It's really upsetting because the yes. the draft order is not determined by head to head record, which is really upsetting. Because I've always wanted to watch an NFL player like do what the thing in Madden where you just run backwards for eighty yards, <laughs> and I've I just feel like we'll never see that because it doesn't actually matter if they beat each other. Yeah, it's too bad. Pride, or pride. lack thereof. <laughs> no, the players have pride. Despite the 80 players who played for the Dolphins. Of course. When you're on the field, you want to win. They're trying to get they're they're trying to get jobs. They're trying to look good. So to be clear, every game is an audition. To be clear, because we joke about it very much. The in basketball, the coaches have to participate in the tanking to a degree that they cannot admit. Not the case in football. Coaches cannot do that, just to be clear. Brian Flores, excellent coach. DK. <laughs> Took me a second. I don't know. Give where me, I was going. A, give me a segue. What, where is the segue? Well, I, that was that long breath was like, uh, is Craig or DK up next? <laughs> and I just did the hoo hoo hoo. Uh, someone you're on the fence about, or maybe may, many people are on the fence about. Philip Lindsay of the Broncos, who he's been very very quiet over the last month or so. I'm leaning starting Philip. Nice. Wow. Um, how this far? Are you, now, how tough. far are you leaning though? Like a little crook of the neck or like all the I'll way? I'll go ahead like, and say on. start Philip Lindsay. How about Ooh, that? This, this, one, this one is really tough, and there's plenty of warning signs kind of against starting Lindsay. He's, he's scored single-digit PPR points in four of his last five games, so that's obviously not great. He scored one touchdown in that stretch. However, he did have one touchdown called back this week. He got vultured for a touchdown by Royce Freeman the week before, so there is some reason to believe that was just a little bit fluky. Um this week he did set season low thirty two yards and three point two PPR points. However, I love that it. game got that game got away from him so fast, and it was an ugly snow game. In theory, you would have thought that it was like a good matchup for Lindsey. Like I said, you know the uh, the Chiefs run defense hasn't been good this year, um, but they just got down really quickly. And I think Drew Locke ended up throwing the ball forty times, so the run game was pretty much non-existent in that game. So going up against the Lions this week, things could definitely change. Um, Lions are fourth worst against opposing running backs in PPR this year. So that's obviously a really good matchup for Lindsey. And Lindsey has also dominated touches since taking over um, a couple of weeks ago as the team's de facto. They, they basically had a, a committee approach all year long with him and Royce Freeman. But then at one point, kind of late in the season, they're like, okay, he's managed to stay healthy this long. Now we can ride him for the rest of the season. He's out-touched Freeman 77 to 41 in the past five games. Um, so the there's a lot of like underlying, I think, you know, stats that tell you that Lindsay is kind of due to have a good game again, I think, this week, going up against a bad team. I don't think they're going to get behind early on against the, uh, against the Lions. And so I think they're going to ride Lindsay, and I think he has a chance to finally kind of get off, you know, get over the hump and get into the end zone. And so, yeah, I think he's he's a risky flex play, but I'm leaning starting him. What about Royce Freeman? No. <laughs> He's he's very he Royce Freeman's like way risky. He's he's touchdown or bust. He's just not touching the ball enough. No. Craig, who's someone you're on the fence about? Uh I'm gonna start Mike Williams this week. 
He was only started in 31% of leagues last week, and that needs to be a lot higher. Uh, he's had six receptions of 20-plus yards over the last four games, which is sixth most, sixth most in the NFL. Mike Williams has always passed the eye test to me. I feel like every time you go deep, like you should go deep with him like four times a game. He catches three of them, and then the other one's a flag. Um, he's been a yeah. wide receiver, too, over <laughs> Actually, the past four weeks. Um, he was the wide receiver 21 overall. They're, they're playing the Raiders, uh, the Chargers are, who have given up 34 more points in the last three of the last four games. Two of those to Sam Darnold and Ryan Tannehill. Um, <laughs> Mike Williams had 100 yards or a touchdown in three of the last four games. Um, this is just kind of like, a, and this game is going to come down to the wire because it's a Chargers game, so you can count on like one last 40-yard catch that Mike Williams will get with 30 seconds left. But... I just think that you should start him with confidence this week against Oakland. You mentioned the 20-yard passes. Uh, Mike Williams leads the league in 40-plus-yard catches. With He's tied with Stefan Diggs for eight. I mean, anecdotally speaking, it wow, feels eight? like— Wow, eight? Yeah, That's eight every catches other game. of 40-plus yards. Crazy. Well, anecdotally yeah. speaking, it feels like six of those were in like the last five weeks. It's yeah. also like—it's yeah. unbelievable. So he's just been— wildly good at contested catches, which is funny because that actually isn't like always the best skill because it's better to like be open than like be good at getting <laughs> contested catches. Phil doesn't care the though. The fun fact. Phil's right. slinging yeah, it. Yeah, Phil doesn't give a shit. And then also again, the Raiders have given up the most 40-yard passes. So, love Mike Williams. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> is it time? Is this sleeper, sleeper stream of the week? Oh, it is. So you've already clinched this, but I guess... There's like 20 NFL teams that can't make the playoffs that also have to play. So I guess if they have to play that we have to do it in week 17. Sure. I mean, we, week 17. we can go one more and then we can just make dead last has to well, get also, the mustache. Aren't we gonna, we're going to do this through the Super Bowl. So it's not actually over. I we think the playoffs should be double We or never nothing. said that. We're doing streamers. <laughs> the so gonna be, we're going to do streamers for the a one for one uh, game. No, oh well, it should be like DFS. It's the same thing. It's not. We're no, doing... but it's like the playoffs will be worth double the points. So like every win is worth two wins. That makes my lead less advantageous. It's hard to believe Danny's moving the goalposts. I just it's it's shocking. To Unfortunately, me. good sir, you will be sporting a Gardner <laughs> Minshew mustache for the month of January. Uh I it'll keep me warm. It's in I Los hope Angeles. It does. You know it drops to like 60 degrees here in the winter. It's <laughs> yeah, awful. Right I'm gonna on. need to be warm. We gotta make it a point to not choose players that are playing on Monday night football going forward. But um well, this we, week, we speak we Craig. Uh, <laughs> I went with Tyler Higby. He had 12 catches, 111 yards, 23.1 PPR points. He's just been going off lately. Um, Danny's Isaiah Ford call, three catches, 21 yards. It, Devontae Parker ended up playing, which yeah, is bad. And, and Albert Wilson played. It was, it was, a, bad, bad it was beat. a bad beat. They played it was a great. bad beat for you. You could have maybe seen that coming. They had like, fine. Look, dude. <laughs> they had concussions. They had 40 points combined. I feel yeah, vindicated. Yeah. Um, and then Craig went with Zach Pascal, who is not playing until tonight. Again, this is Monday afternoon, and we'll see how that goes. Feel like I'm feeling pretty good about my 21.3 or 23.1 PBR points, though. So yeah, um, I think you're we'll good. see. We'll see how that all goes tonight. But I'm assuming. Well, I'm not going to assume anything, but I, I'm guessing that I'll win. If Isaiah Ford, if Wilson and Parker had not played, Wilson would Isaiah Ford would have had both of their points. So uh-huh. really, I feel like sure, I sure, won sure. this week. That makes sense to <laughs> me. That's like, see, Craig, Craig gets it. Craig's on my side. Oh, okay, okay. So that gives so that gives me the win. So I'm in second place, and you'll have to grow the Gardner Minshew Fu Manchu mustache, uh, okay. whatever he's got going on there. Uh, should we talk about this week's guys? Yeah, yeah, let's go. All right, I'm going to go with Deontay Johnson. Man, I really, really wanted to go with Mike Boone because. I've been the Mike Boone uh, hype man since, the, I guess, the yeah, preseason you- or whatever. Um, but I just can't, man. His his status is just too up in the air um, with 
it looking likely right now that Dalvin Cook will end up playing, and then also we just don't know about Madison. So anyways, I'm going with Deontay Johnson, the Steelers. He's 15% owned. Going up against the very bad Jets defense, um, over the last two games, which have both been started by Duck Hodges, he's been a big, big part of their offense. 15 targets, 11 catches, 122 yards. Uh, sorry, 122 yards, one touchdown, plus a punt return touchdown. So he has that kind of added bonus as a punt returner. It seems as though Hodges trusts him. Hodges definitely didn't play his best game this week, but going up against a bad Jets defense, he could have a good bounce back. So I'm going with Johnson. I've never done this to you the whole season, but I think you're making a mistake and you should switch. You should have Mike Boone. <laughs> you are the Mike Boone guy. You have been on Mike Boone since July, and you are now seeding the high ground on Mike Boone Island, which you own. And you're sell. I'm sh- I'm blown away that you would do this. Here's the reason I'm not going to do it. It's because it's a Monday night game, and I don't want to have this conversation where we don't know who wins again. So I'm going with Johnson. I'm sticking with it. Final answer. Wow. I'm going to be happy if Mike Boone does well. Good though. to know. All right. Well, I I picked Jacob Hollister. Uh, he's the tight end for the Seattle Seahawks. And I was like, look, I'm just be honest. This is just I want one last run with the tight end against the Cardinals who cannot guard tight ends. They <laughs> yeah, are the worst. Back again, I'm yeah. just running it back because it's just so fun and it's easy. <laughs> and it's last week, Ricky Seals-Jones. Who? Three, Ricky Seals-Jones. Now I know. Formerly of the Cardinals, it. ironically. Play, on the Browns now. Played the Cardinals. Three catches. Two went for touchdowns. It is staggering how yeah. the Cardinals cannot even get a fathom of a shadow of a doubt to be able to guard tight ends this year. It is stunning, and I want to run it back. But I also am tempted to just take Mike Boone now. Yeah, no, you know, I'm, I'm let's, taking Mike let's Boone. Stay away, let's stay away from Monday night, man. Fine. Yeah, stick Ugh. with Hollister. He's a good He's a good player. I'm going to regret this. Craig, what are you doing? I was going to pick Brashad Perryman, but honestly, I feel like it's not fair. I feel like when guys get hurt and then you just pick the next guy up, even though they're going to be owned Probably more than 40%, but like in the moment, technically they're not. So I feel like it's unfair to pick somebody like Rashad Perriman in this situation, right? It's like, cool. This basically just becomes whoever's the first person to open this dock as we're preparing for the show gets Rashad Perriman. Like, I just don't really... <laughs> really? Because that's how you got all five of your wins. Oh, so now you're it? contemplating the nature of victory. You start the dock and you're like, oh, I picked the best player. That's, That's definitely true. how you got Mostert. Yeah, so. I'm always yeah, last. Uh, That's why I needed a win. I needed okay. a win. <laughs> All right. Anyway. <laughs> I needed a W, DK. So <laughs> the game was being played. I'm going to go with uh, Kenny Stills on the Texans. They're playing the Bucks. Will Fuller is playing right now, but he is playing the Bucks, and it seems like anyone associated with the Bucks pulls their hammy. So if that happens, Kenny Stills will step into the number two role, and when he does, he's been great. But even as a number three role, he's been okay. He had two touchdowns last week. He still plays a decent amount of snaps. They're playing the lowly bucks, as we talked about earlier. The quantity over quality shit defense. <laughs> I like volume. <laughs> Kenny Stills is going to get it. They're going to throw a ton. It's going to be a barn burner with good old Jameis. I like Kenny Stills this week. I'm so hesitant to chase those touchdowns he got because the Titans cornerbacks are banged up and that they were doubling DeAndre Hopkins and Stills was like shredding their essentially fourth, fifth string quarterback. I don't know. Having said that, the Bucs are worse. They have worse quarterback depth than the Titans do. So I don't actually see a reason that this would go wrong. <laughs> That'll do it. And now. Is it time? It's time. Bill Simmons has arrived. It's just such a sad, sad Monday. 
<laughs> I, how you doing, Bill? You need to talk? We're here. I need 28 points from Jack Doyle tonight. I don't think it's going to oh. happen. Oh. I don't think it's happening. I did I did take like five minutes to try to figure out what chain of events would need to happen, where he's like 110 yards and three touchdowns. Three it's still touchdowns. not enough. It would have to be 125 yards and three touchdowns. Well, see, this is oh, this man. is why people do PPR. Now you know. I mean, they're banged up. They're banged up. You never uh, you never know. But it's that sad. Do you guys do the bookmarks on your phone for different things, like the little? Yeah. So it's that sad day tomorrow. I'm I'm <laughs> oh, looking toward man. when you delete you delete oh, your you league thing because it's over. Yeah, you delete like, the well, Yahoo app and your phone. Yeah, you yeah. have to delete whatever the apps are, and yeah. it's like that's well, it. It's officially it's also done. I'm done. Worth mentioning that last year's fantasy championship in the Ringer League. You needed 3.6 points from another tight end, Jared Cook, yeah, on like Monday Night Football. And he and was three and a half points, you would win the fantasy championship. And they threw the entire <laughs> second half, but somehow he, I'd still hate his guts. <laughs> and you lost to Moe's. It was also you, head oh, of the man. company versus Moe's, who is literally the youngest person <laughs> at this enterprise. Yeah. And Moe's won. And it was on his 13th birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Brutal. So I had, I had Evans go down in eight minutes in round one. <laughs> Still managed to oh, eke out the three-point win. Godwin. Then I had Godwin oh, getting carted damn. off on his way to a 240-yard Lions game. <laughs> I, I had I hit all the check marks. Cooper Cup zero all game on the other oh, team. He disappeared. Oh, they oh got the, the, the garbage time oh, touchdown. Yeah, that was huge. Forty-four <laughs> seconds left. It's like oh, Cooper Cup. There's one. Oh, it was like thirty-seven to seven or forty-four to seven. It was. They just did it. It was so <laughs> egregious and so bad. The announcers actually acknowledged the fantasy implications. Well, you know, and then he actually just tosses the ball to the ref because yeah. he wasn't even happy. Yeah. So that was like eight points out of nowhere. Sean McVay must have had every Ram on his fantasy team. They played that whole game. That was bizarre. Then I spent 20 hours agonizing over Cortland Sutton, Jarvis Landry, Darius Slayton. I had two of the three. Mm. Yeah, you tweeted. You didn't even add us. I think they had like 14 (laughs) points combined. You asked the Twitterverse instead of this podcast. Maybe that's the problem here. That well, you whatever you recommended, I would have lost anyway. <laughs> it's then I have Marlon Mack, who was lights out, and then he broke his hand, so he can't catch passes, so I couldn't start him. And it's just and here's what kills me is I had Lamar. I stumbled into Lamar for. No money, $8. It'll never happen again. Yeah, there's never going to be another season like this, too. So. If you had Lamar, you're automatically top four. How many quarterbacks were on your bench for this matchup? Well, I had Roethlisberger tore his elbow in, what, three three hours? Yeah. And then uh, then it was like, I had Baker. I had to wave him. <laughs> Brought in Kirk Cousins. He was a corpse. I was just riding Lamar. <laughs> Lamar's going to have 500 points in my league. He's going to have a 500-point season. and I'm still And I still didn't even make the finals. He was so, like a later round pick too. So that so, was yeah. like the perfect storm. Yeah. How does this make you feel? I feel terrible. I feel like I squandered Lamar. I feel like I was handed <laughs> I, Apple stock in like 1989. And you sold and then, it. And, and lost it. No, like I lost it. I was like, oh, I was in my car. What so, happened? Here's the thing. Take that feeling you have in like the pit of your stomach. Yeah. That's how like everybody feels about their football teams in real life all the time. Right. So- that's what if you've ever asked, like, why do people do fantasy? This sucks. That's how we all feel about our real teams. That's why we play fantasy. The Patriots football. are the Lamar Jackson of teams. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had, I, I hesitate to tell you guys this, but um, November 14th, 2019, <laughs> I traded for Cortland Sutton in the Niners defense. I got rid of old man Alshon Jeffrey and Tevin Coleman. So I have this new receiver, and I'm like, I, I don't really need to 
keep my fingers crossed that A.J. Brown's going to turn in anything. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm going to wave him and roll the dice with Brandon no. Cooks is coming back. Oh, 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 no. I wave A.J. Brown, who immediately turns into the next Calvin Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> and then I go against him yesterday as he puts up. Oh, no. oh he was on the other team. Yeah, he's on the other team. Slapping just the face. haunting me. He's he's like pointing mm. at me after mm. every first down catch. And I'm like, I'm just destined to never win again. That's like selling Bitcoin <laughs> right before it doubles. To keep Brandon Cooks, who oh. sucks. What was I doing? I. Who's happy? Who who leaves it? Danny. Danny Kelly. Yeah. Who, who leaves a fantasy league happy at the end of the year literally one team but even that person's not really happy because he's everybody mad because nobody yeah everybody hates him <laughs> yeah. nobody's emailing him texting him congratulations it's just bitterness they're all begrudgingly venmoing them I was, that's what i was gonna ask is do you guys get more upset about losing out on the money or is it like the no. fact that you mismanaged your way into a loss like that like you that. just think back on those things that you did during yeah. the season you're like Damn it! I should have freaking like kept AJ Brown. Like I would have freaking won if I had him. But yeah, is, I, it, is it more depressing about the money or just the fact that you are too dumb to like figure out how to win? I had such an amazing realization last year because last year we were the one seed in the Ringer fantasy regular season, and then we Marty Schottenheimered it and got crushed in the actual playoffs and won and done. But there was no combination of our lineup that would have worked, mm. so it was like very peaceful. <laughs> It was, like, it was like a sweet death. It was like, all right, yeah, that's fine. But when you made the wrong choice, Haunts can't you. sleep at night. That's brutal. Here's here's what I've learned over the years, having done this for 30 years. You never want to peak the first 13 weeks. Yeah. Like the guy who's probably going to win my league that I'm in with Sauer, Vote People Office, Damashek, who was five and eight during the regular season <laughs> and was able to sneak in as the number two seed because we stupidly do conferences and he was the number two team in the other conference. My conference had like four nine-win teams. But now his team's peaking because he has like Hopkins and Saquon Barkley and yeah. all these guys who are just starting to get hot right now. It's like March Madness. You got to get hot at the right time, right at the end. Totally. Because yeah. it's not real. Unless it's like Lamar, somebody fluky like that. It's not realistic for somebody to be awesome the whole year. You end up with like a Kenyon Drake situation where it's yeah. like, yeah. oh yeah, Kenyon Drake has 38 points this week. He was not on a roster three weeks ago. By the way, I should say, I, I went up against Mina Kimes yesterday. I lost her. She set a new record wow. in our freaking league. She had Kenyon Drake, Julio Jones, Saquon Barkley, and Jameis. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was just I ran into a buzzsaw. Jameis is the—did you say he's the, the first quarterback ever to have two 450s in a row? Oh. 450-yard passing games? Wow. He's first ever in the history of the league. Well, 450 of, two year weeks in a row. Well, first off, Mina, Mina's going to have to come back on to dunk on you for being I know. Again. I was, I've been dreading this, but it's true. Yeah. But Jameis, I mean, that's it's your guy. It's Bill, my guy. Bill, do you think you've been playing fantasy football longer than anybody? <sighs> yeah. We're, we're, 1990? Yeah. Do you think a lot of people precede that? I don't, I don't know if anybody's beat that. I feel like even though I was on the East Coast and there was no internet, I had a pretty good feel for what was going on. And I never heard of fantasy until the late 80s because we had it in baseball first and then mid-80s basketball. So yeah. basketball is before football. But you played fantasy basketball before fantasy football? Yeah, because it was easier to keep track of because it was just points, rebounds, assists. And, oh. you know, I, I don't know. It, it really started in the late 80s. I don't know. I hadn't heard of any other league before that. But Do as I told you guys, we had to, like, mail the stats out every week. Like, <laughs> That's my favorite. Steal them. Yeah. Yeah. Still, man, you were stuck with your team and you couldn't wave guys. And I mean, I walked into a post office last week and I just, I feel like the Mr. Krabs meme. I was just, I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> right. So the idea of sending mail. It's yeah. incredible. Like, they just bring it somewhere for like <laughs> 30 Krabs. cents. It's amazing. But the good news is we've perfected 
the whole industry of fantasy now. I feel like no, it's not. We oh, this is we have big discussions to well, talk no, about. Just next like, year. We have to we have to change everything. No, no, I'm just saying like the actual being able to change your lineup. Yeah. Being able to get information. Being yeah. able to know that somebody got hurt a half hour before the, the game. Tools or are all there. No, we're at, we're at no, I disagree. We're at two point oh. And yeah. next up I would is, say we're at three three point is coming because among other things, why if someone for Mike Evans, let's say he gets hurt end of the second quarter, why can't you swap out Mike Evans middle of your lineup, middle of your game? During mid game? Yeah, oh, why can't you swap him out? He got hurt. The Bucks can, so why, why can't, why can't you? Because you couldn't before, but like now you could. Why can't well, you do along that? Those, along those lines, nah, what you guys, what's that. your guys' what's your stance on best ball? Mm. It's just mock drafts that you, do you can know like best pretend ball, to Bill? care about. What's best ball? It's everybody on your team. They, it's basically just optimal lineup. It's, yeah. it's, it's just, really whoever does oh, the best. Oh, so it's not about starting. No, you start right. everybody. So you draft more high upside guys. It's really That's, about mock drafts, but what if you kept track of them and you're like, well, no one wants to manage that many leagues. So they're like, well, you get the best lineup every week. In you can theory. add guys throughout the season too, though. Yeah. So, but it, it really, it's about. But every week, week it's, yeah. every week it's just your best optimal lineup is your lineup. And there's more scoring. You don't have to agonize over start, sit, sit starts and all that. I actually think it's really fun. I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily only play best ball, but I think it's fun. Isn't that part of fantasy, though, is yes. to yeah. abjectly hate yourself when yes. you pick the wrong person? <laughs> like, what else would we do with that? It's about pain. It's about agony, pain, <laughs> suffering. doubt, <laughs> suffering. Yeah, it's about suffering, reflection. Why are we removing that? It's like, it's like Judaism. I think that's why I'm drawn to both. <laughs> it's like, you know. <laughs> what a way to end it. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I uh, the thing that I am most intrigued by as now I enter my fourth decade of fantasy next oh year, my God. fourth decade. Jeez, is keeper keeper leagues. Like I wish, like I was able to keep Lamar, and and he would cost like an extra five dollars for the next year, and then another five every year. I keep him; it's an extra five, but I could potentially have him for six, seven years. Right? Get into dynasty, man. Let's let's start a dynasty league. It's the best. I think I need to get dynasty into dynasty. Yeah. yeah, you we do, do for dynasty. Sure. It's fun. It's a good way to keep it. The draft like a ringer league. dynasty league. Yeah, yeah, you do a dynasty league. It's a good time. We could do one. I, I'm willing you to can, consider it. You can ponder <laughs> that. And then on the main, do you want do you want to do fantasy court while you're here? Yeah, it's really simple. Oh, it's, do you think you should be able to claim? Do you think people who are not in the fantasy playoffs, or even in, not in the championship round, be able to claim players off waivers? Like, is that a dick move? If you're not in the championship round. But you're claiming so like, you just like add Brashad Perriman for the yeah. fuck of it, while the guy who's in the championship who has Godwin <laughs> is now screwed because yeah. he can't go grab. Brashad like you, Perriman. if someone, if you go to add Brashad Perriman this week and you were still in it, yeah, and then someone playing like the five seed versus the six, they'd even make the playoffs. Grabs Brashad Perriman. Are you pissed or are you like, yeah, fine, that's whatever? Our league doesn't even do playoff ad drops. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that was we added this injury wrinkle this year that if somebody if you had no person to put in. You could do it, and that set off a hornet's nest of emails. <laughs> I don't. I've not, have we figured out a right way to do playoff ad drops? Is it like a set twenty five dollars, and you can spend that budget in playoffs, or I is think, it just a claimer thing? Well, it depends. If you're in like one of those free agent auction bidding leagues, and you have the cash, you can spend it so as much as you want. Here's the. This is the. This is why we're not. I think in that's f- a dick move to affect the championship. Yeah, race. I think you is should. Is there be money allowed. at stake though? Oh, I mean, most people. For, I think most. But people for have fifth money. and sixth place. Oh, oh no, no, absolutely no, not, not. It's just to win. That's why I'm not against it is because, like, I can't, I don't want to tell people they can't be managing their team throughout the end of the season because that's the biggest issue for a league is no. if people aren't managing. So I feel like you should be setting your lineup. It's a fake game. There's, that'd be like if if week 19, the the Bucks and the fucking Dolphins just decided to play a game for fun. <laughs> like, it's not allowed. You can't do that. I mean, in week 17, 
all of the games are completely meaningless anyway, and they still crash their very real skulls into each other's real skulls. I don't like, know. I think the waiver should be turned off for people not Do you playing. know what my East Coast League does? Have we ever talked about this? I don't know. The Velvet Edge? No, no. It's not the Velvet <laughs> Edge. The, uh, we, the top four teams make it, and they get to draft players. So after 17 weeks, playoff start, four teams, they get to draft players from the other six that didn't make it. I love oh, it. Wow. oh, that's sweet. <laughs> and you get like to add pick so, up basketball. So you get, so you're the one seed, but Mahomes, his team, the guy who owned him got knocked out. So now Mahomes is number one. And then it's just cumulative points throughout the playoffs. I actually think it's one of the best so, ideas I've ever had. You know how like golf, it's like so much better now that they're experimenting and doing weird stuff. And you're like, wow, we need more weird versions. We need more weird versions of fantasy. Same. Like that. There's so game. many, but think how so great this is because it's, now That's it's amazing. fantasy. It's 21 weeks. That's yeah. incredible. And we, and we also, we value the guys a little bit differently. So like the Patriots defense yeah. is, you're like, oh, this is great. They might make the Super Bowl. Although now the Ravens defense would be better. Mm-hmm. But somebody like Jameis doesn't really have any value once you get to playoffs because he's out, you know. Hmm. You'd have like Deshaun Watson's more valuable. So anyway, it's good. I can send you the rules. It's good. So you protect, hmm. I think you can protect six on your team. And then you draft from all the free agents until you <laughs> fill out your whole team. And it's really good. That's so amazing. Here's, I, I like, well, here, I think, is it fake yet? But here's the thing. Fantasy football, it's kind of like porn. It's like, it's kind of like. Bring this home, Danny. Yep. I know okay, you can do it. It's a rough start, but I know you can circle this back. <laughs> you start you out with, too long. You start out with the basics. It's like, you know, 10 team league, you know, standard stuff. Like, you know, one quarterback. How okay. is this like then, porn? Okay. It's essentially there's. <laughs> You slowly experiment, and some things are weird, and you get used to it. So you're saying you have to find your kink. You ha- you have you need you to find your ha- category. You have to find what's right for you. <laughs> this is that's all the by, thing. You have to find what's right for this? you. I don't know. <laughs> I, th- I think I need you to explicitly describe porn more. You almost you almost brought it home, but not quite. Well, <laughs> there is a certain there's a certain level where it's like you get so far into it that there's eventually the wild west. Because I've seen leagues where you can trade things like stocks. Like there are 60, there's 64 copies Stocks? of every player and you can buy and trade Patrick Mahomes. Jesus. There are leagues where there's positionless. It's just 10 spots. You can get, we put whatever 10 players you want in. There are things you've mentioned. There's an NBA league where it's like your actual salary. There's crazy stuff. The, sa- guys, I'm in, the salary thing. The salary cap league's fun. Yeah, there's NFL the problem, the problem with the salary cap league is like certain guys just don't get picked up. Like Russell Westbrook's on no team. Because <laughs> nobody can wants to pay forty one million dollars for Russell Westbrook. But wouldn't that be better fantasy football if like no one actually wanted Joe Flacco? No one wanted Andy Dalton because they had to pay him like eighteen million dollars. Or Jared Goff. Jared Goff. Yeah, Jared <laughs> Goff would go unknown for five years in a row because he's thirty six million dollars <laughs> next year. Yeah. When we were the first year at Grantland, we created the bad quarterback league. Oh yeah, and we had all these categories. It was really fun. It was just too hard to keep track of. But we should get that going next <laughs> year. Yeah, why don't we bring that back now? It's like they we should, the we Google should do Sheets that next year. Then. Yeah, it's yeah. like. It was actually really fun because I remember somebody was just awful that year. And uh, Jacoby was writing the updates from uh, now of Jalen and Jacoby. But there was somebody that it was, oh, it was Fitzpatrick. Oh, my God. And it was like a really bad Fitzpatrick year. So he was Pixpatrick and he was like the Lamar Jackson (laughs) of this league. Every week he was doing seven terrible things. But that would be fun to do that this year. It's tough. You just whiffed on the Blake Bortles era, which is kind of a tragedy. Right. Recently. so sad. Do you guys think missed PATs and missed field goals should be minus? Yes, in absolutely. Fantasy? It's it tr- you got yeah, absolutely. It's like a pick. So my league doesn't do well, that either. No, here's here's my real galaxy. Would you do brain minus take. three for a missed field goal? 
Maybe just minus one. Eh. It's like you should get let minus three for a missed pat. The thing I feel strongest right. about oh, yeah. that actually fundamentally needs to change is that passing yards need to be the same as rushing and receiving yards and passing touchdowns, at the very least, passing touchdowns need to be worth six. And passing yards should be a point per 10 yards. And now everyone's like, well, you can't do that because then quarterbacks will be the most important player. Yeah, that's the point. Right. <laughs> like, this game was invented 50 years ago. The scoring has not changed essentially other than PPR in 50 years when running backs were like the gods of the game. And now it's like quarterbacks, like Patrick Mahomes going in the 40s or 30s or whatever is normal. That's crazy. It has so gotten so far from the actual sport. Like I had Lamar who had 39.2 points exactly on this week and I got knocked out. Mark Ingram had like 22. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Was he half as good as Lamar? Lamar threw five touchdowns and ran the, for 80 yards. If the rules like, of fantasy football— He should football, have been worth 100 points in that game. If the rules yeah. of fantasy football don't make it that Lamar is the number one pick, then the rules are wrong. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Oh, it was a pleasure as always. Yeah, was, I hate fantasy. <laughs> I'm never doing it again. I, I want to come back, though, and do, and do the playoff league because—or I'll walk you through the whole thing. We can do the special fantasy pod because okay. um, I made the final four— so my team heading into the playoffs, I get to keep six. And I have Lamar. I have Devin Singletary, Hopkins, Metcalf, Tyreek Hill, George mm. Kittle, Tucker, and the Patriots defense and the Ravens defense. So I can only keep six of those. Hmm. And I have to, you know, have to fill a roster and try to figure out what free agents are going to be available and all that. And I'm going to spend probably seven, eight hours on this. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be great. Everybody else's fantasy league is over. I'm, I'm still going. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Low-key Tucker and Kittle uh, are actually huge. Yeah. Like, because you can't just get kickers as it gets later. Totally. Well, I, I'll i probably let Metcalf go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kittle, I would have to keep. Yeah. Probably let Singletary go because you might only get one game out of him. Like the goal is you want to get longevity. Two or three games. I four is the best. Like Kittle you get and Tucker a for sure. First round team that plays four games and gets to the Super Bowl is like the the dream scenario. Does it screw you for teams with buys though? Does the buys matter? Buys do matter a little bit. Yeah. But then you think like usually the buy team, one of them is going to make the Super Bowl. Right. It's just the yeah. rule usually. So you're getting three games. You want to get three games. So, anyway, that's my league. Wait, who's your quarterback again? <laughs> I mean, I have Lamar. Oh, so you're I have you're Lamar set. in both leagues. Oh, so you're that's the win. irony of this year is I'm going to lose all my leagues, and I was all in on Lamar. But can't you win this league? I could. So, there you go. So, you focus on one. One out of three is great. Yeah, but now I have cold weather Lamar for the playoffs. Don't do that. That might be a thing. Don't do that. Cold I'm, weather I'm, Lamar I'm, might be a thing. Valerie, <laughs> right now, I'm saying don't do that. Cold weather Lamar might be a thing. We don't know. Cold, cold weather golf It's is cold out there. I'm to- well, we do actually love that the turf gets thing. hard in Florida. It's- <laughs> no. Whereas like Eli, when the elements, the worse they got, the better Eli got. That's when he shot. It's like well, minus 30. Freeze and he couldn't think. He just reacted. If, if Eli had been in the CFL, he would have been the greatest quarterback <laughs> of all time. Well, he already is. So it's fine. <laughs> Does he, did you, I did a thing on my pod today that the Hall of Fame committee should announce whether Eli finishes 500 or not will determine whether he's in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> so the last two games would have these incredible stakes. Huge ratings, honestly. Right? <laughs> it's like, watch him coming up later. Eli Manning's Hall of Fame candidacy at stake. Do you think Eli's a Hall of Famer? He has to go 500 or better. <laughs> he really does. I, I don't mean to simplify it, but he actually has to go. You can't be under 500 to make the Hall of Fame a quarterback. You can't. Some like fourth and seven pass to Darius Slayton is going to decide it. It is. 
It'll be great. Trust Darius Slate. TK, do you think Eli's a Hall of Famer? It's good real. All right, I'm coming back to do my playoff <laughs> roster go. in a couple of weeks. Beautiful. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. That was fun. All right, so before we wrap, next that's that's it for Monday Vice for fantasy football season. Yeah, that championship was quick. week. We're done. <laughs> championship Man. week. So for the re- for the rest of the NFL season, we're going to be doing DFS shows on Friday, and we're going to be doing our playoff advice. It's fun. Play on FanDuel. We're going to have one more Monday show that we're going to be doing superlatives. We're going to get out some season-long awards. And- we're going to have some weird kooky awards that aren't real. <laughs> I'm I love it. I love that you use the word kooky. Kooky. It'll be kooky. <laughs> Wacky, we'll talk, whatever you want. Maybe we'll get serious <laughs> in three seconds and we'll talk about like what we actually learned. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But then DFS shows for the rest of the playoffs. That'll be fun. And I guess Bill, he's going to need some help on drafting his team. So we'll do that too. <laughs> uh, thank you to Bill. Thank you to Craig. Thank you to DK. Again, thank you to Eli Manning, who will be 500 or better. Thank you to everyone for listening. We'll see you guys later this week. <laughs>